You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 300. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Uh, today, I am joined by Aaron once again for episode 300. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm I'm doing uh, as as well as one can in these times, these troubled times. Yeah, I I I often have said that uh, over the last uh, over the last week, and um, you know I, I I wanted to talk about this this war in Israel and this war in Gaza uh, over you know last week, but I felt like I just I couldn't get it out yet, so. I hope that uh, the episode on Web three with with Sam uh, went over well, uh, but and uh, of course uh, maybe people will go back to it. Um, I enjoyed speaking with him, uh, but today we have to we have to talk about this topic. This is uh, sometimes big things happen in the news. We kind of want to you know brush it off and just you know focus on building uh, on this on this show. But uh, this is one that I, I felt like I really I really can't brush off and it would be helpful to talk about it. And thank you for coming on, you know, to make sure that I don't say anything uh, <laughs> stupid. Uh, but um, but we're, we're going to give it a shot because I, I think it's it's, um, you know, it's one of those events. I think we covered other uh, events that we certainly covered COVID. We certainly covered, you know, the the rioting in 2020 as it was happening. Uh, I the, don't think the start of the war in Ukraine. We, we yes, we covered that. Uh, so 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 we do we do cover things. Those I, I um, uh, January 6th a little bit on um, on that that episode that um, that doesn't probably doesn't mention January 6th by name, but it's uh, it's uh, decentralization before our eyes that I think has. Uh, 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 aged very well uh but um yeah to, but um this uh l- let me just start by kind of trying to describe what happens and then what happened uh last week and then just, can- just for for those listening in the future uh we we are recording on uh october 15th uh so uh some of this information could uh could change or perspective on it could change in the very near future so just dropping a pin in that where we are at the moment Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, I listened to uh, a bunch of podcasts uh, and and read a bunch of articles before uh, b- before doing this. Um, and one of them was, I think it was like Pod Save America, where they were going, "Oh yeah," and you know, this attack led to you know two hundred and fifty Israeli deaths. And you know, I was like, "Oh, this is very early on," because we later learned it was well into the thousands. Uh, you know, between one and two thousand. Uh, but essentially, Hamas, you know, attacked. Israel proper from the Gaza Strip um, and a whole lot of their guys, their terrorists came in and this was on actually on a Jewish holiday of Simchas Torah. A lot of people don't know that or or maybe the day before Simchas Torah. I, I always forget what that one's called, uh, but it was also nearly 50 years to the day after the Yom Kippur War. Uh, you know, uh, uh, this holiday, uh, Simchas Torah is like, I think, two weeks after uh, Yom Kippur on the Hebrew calendar. Uh, but as it turns out, um, because the calendars differ and they kind of run around each other a little bit, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes the Hebrew calendar is past the Gregorian calendar, sometimes it's before the Gregorian calendar. This ends up lining just about 50 years after after that that war. And so and there's no accident that this thing starts, um, you know, uh, 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 during during a religious holiday. Um, even though this time it's it's one that's less well known. 
Um, but but things do shut down uh, uh, during that time, particularly in in, in Israel. Um, I, for me, I think one of the comparisons to 9-11 that I want to make is I had the feeling after 9-11 that these terrorists were like, uh, you know, one of those, those sinking feelings is that, you know, they will target everybody. You know, they'll, it was just like wanton mass killing of whoever they can get their hands on, you know, basically on 9-11 and in this. Yeah, and there's certainly a that, sense that that nothing is safe. That that right. uh, and, whatever. And, yeah, it's like they'll kill us all if they if they could. You know, and, and, and Israel is is a little bit different in the sense that they've been living with uh, semi-random rocket attacks for decades. So so right. there's there's not really a sense that anywhere in in the state of Israel is untouchable. Uh, but uh, ground incursions and and you know gun battles uh, on the streets is is not something that I think uh, anyone was anticipating uh, in these areas, uh, and, and that has changed. It's easy to forget. And I, I mean, I know people I know that people who live there with the, um, you know, with the rockets, uh, you know, we we know that they go into shelters and they have this iron dome that often takes care of the rockets. It, when you when you kind of hear the news on that year after year and then you, you hear about this iron dome and it doesn't seem like, you know, I'm sure if your house get got hit by a rocket, you, you know, that's a lot of damage for you, but it doesn't seem like just looking at it from afar for us, it doesn't have that same psychological effect. It feels like, Oh, those rockets are just making some kind of statement. You know, it's not like, Oh, I'm just trying to take out as many as possible. They don't seem designed to that for that. It, in a lot of ways, it's uh, become analogous to, oh, well, if you live in the Midwest, you deal with tornadoes uh, yeah. and it's just kind of a fact of life. And, and it's uh, in, in most of our our reactions to it, it's kind of been sanitized away of who's doing what and why. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the tornadoes are not um, adversarial, um, right? Like like this kind of issue. By that I mean, you know, if the rockets aren't working for years and years, you should have seen it coming. Well, eventually they're going to find a, a way around it, and so the. The the craziness this time, whereas you know, not nine eleven was uh, you know uh, you know random, you know maximal killing, but it was kind of at a distance, right? It was sort of just um, you know we're going to fly these planes. I guess it was not at a distance inside those planes in 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 some Fair degree. Enough, yeah, but it, but in this case, it was you know and and. I, there are other podcasts that go through this. We've all seen the images on Twitter, but it was just, you know, face to face, door to door, you know, children, elderly. And of course, we've all seen that, you know, uh, 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 that music festival um, and and hostages, hostages brought back to uh, Gaza. And who knows what, you know, hell they're being put through right now. Yeah, it's uh, I, I can't even uh, imagine what what that must be like. Uh, it's. It's a, a a level of intimacy to the violence that uh, I I hope I never have to experience. Yeah, yeah, I know. We it, it kind of makes you real realize that we live in extraordinary times, and and for us, an extraordinary place in the U.S. Where for for you and me, having been born, you know, in in the Northeast U.S. in in uh, I, I in the eighties, uh, we haven't really had to experience. Uh, anything like the kind of 
human brutality that uh yeah that I mean, the, has the, occurred. the closest thing would be for for people of our generation would be those who uh served abroad in the global mm-hmm. war on terror and and it's a little bit different when you're there uh as part of a military unit than when it's coming to it, it's coming to where you live uh so it's right. not not completely divorced uh, in that and probably the closest analog for our generation but yeah but still not the same but also unlike you know our our grandfather's generation, my grandfather's generation, uh, or, or uh, and and unlike what's happening in Israel right now, the reality is most of us were not involved in the global war on terror. Most of us were not asked to join in on the global war on terror. We were not told that this was an important, particularly important thing that I needed to do for my country right now, you know, and I don't know necessarily why that is other than they didn't really seem to need us. I, I th- that was the sense I got at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and for those who aren't aware, uh, the, the state of Israel does have, uh, essentially universal service, uh, in, in the armed forces or, or some sort of national service, the, the armed services being the most common form. Uh, and, and so, the vast majority of the population uh, uh, that is of age uh, either has served uh, and is is you know currently in the reserves uh, or has a direct familial connection to people who are either currently serving or uh, potentially could be called up. So very different in the United St- than in the United States, where uh, I I don't know off the top of my head what the percentage is, but I would guess that it's uh, in the low single digit percentages of people who are actually uh, have have served in our armed forces or are uh, you know nuclear family members of those who do. Um, so it we have had the the privilege and uh, perhaps the danger of being so many degrees of separation away from uh the 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 fact that is the the brutality and the violence of war uh that that for most of us it's something we see on television and we see you know smart bomb you know the the if you think back to the the first gulf war you know smart bombs dropping down chimneys uh and surgical strikes and and that's what we think of and it's it's rare that we get exposed to the uh the brutality i feel like is being overused and doesn't doesn't do justice to to it but but the brutality of war that uh the things that we're seeing going on in uh in palestine and and israel right now uh that's what war is uh and and we've become uh we fooled ourselves into thinking that it's something cleaner than that uh and that it's possible to have a a just uh, you know, a, a war that doesn't involve war crimes. Um, and, and that's, uh, I would say the exception rather than the rule that, that something can escalate to this level and, and not involve war crimes, uh, you know, potentially from both sides, uh, that, that bad things are going to happen on, on, on both sides of this equation here. And, and I, I wish we hadn't gotten to this point, but, you know, I can't wish my way out of it either. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's very well said, uh, a, a slight thing to add to that, though, is that every war is is very different. Like you know, the the Russia Ukraine war has been, uh, yes, it's been brutal. It's been you know very dislocating for Ukrainians in particular. But um, the Russians don't go in there doing the types of things that that Hamas is doing, uh, or, or I guess has done uh, in no, Israel. No, but you have it, heard of of you know, 
people, you know, of of Russians basically going door to door and executing every, uh, you know, adult male and oh, uh, maybe going that. beyond that. And I, it was it was uh, I think we you particularly heard about that when they were like pulling out of of uh, cities that that they were yeah. were were losing. And, yeah, you know, I, I haven't certainly haven't done the work to verify those stories. Yeah, uh, but it, it feels like you get a lot of false stories uh, uh, during war. And the, the only things that um, uh, we can go, especially it, it seems like and maybe this is just my bias. It seems like uh, war crimes against Israel are questioned the most. And there has to be apps at this point. It's just there's so much overwhelming like in-person video and eyewitness affidavits <laughs> like you have to get everything and you're like okay this is really happening but um yeah, well, but it, maybe it certainly seems like there's a serious danger of of regardless of but people what are gonna military make action too. are taken on the ground that israel loses the pr war here um yeah and um, and, and you're, you're already seeing some of that you know there, there was uh so so i i don't want to get too far into the details on some of the the uh the events that have been been uh uh not accused um alleged uh alleged but uh there there was a particular one involving the beheading of infants that that uh there was a uh, claim of made from from several sources and and the latest reporting i've heard on that is that well the the idf is declining to confirm those which now makes everyone say oh then does that mean it's you know fake news that it's it's all rumors and and unsubstantiated um and the, the statement from the IDF, the way I, I read it, was mostly that uh, we have a war to fight here. Our job is not to go around doing in, you know investigative reporting. Uh, if you want to send in investigators later, that's fine. But it's that's not what we're focused on at the moment, um, yeah. which which I think is entirely reasonable. Uh, it, there's there's an argument to be said that if, if you're using these reports to motivate uh, and and uh, and calibrate your your reactions, then you want to be fairly confident in them. But but also, yeah, the the IDF is not, uh, you know, CSI Israel. Yeah. Yeah. And and it 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 matters in the historical record, but it doesn't like what's it supposed to be like? Um, I, it, it, I guess it matters. Well, in, right. In, yeah. Like, at, the, at the, the end the of the information day, if, war. at uh, the end of the day, if the result is that, well, no, there actually weren't any babies beheaded. They were just killed. Uh, does. Yeah. The. the Okay, so 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 maybe we got something wrong there, but does that all of a sudden make it okay? So it's no not a big deal anymore. Uh, no, but but there there's there's the danger of becoming hyper focused on the the specific details here and losing the thread of yeah. what actually did happen and the significance of it. I, I feel like that's an aspect of the information war we have these days that is just um, oh absolutely it's just so uh, frustrating. Um, well, it's uh, it's and and and. You know, this is not something unique to this conflict or or to one side or the other here, but but it's absolutely a propaganda uh, tactic to if you can't disprove what happened, then just disprove a tiny piece of what what is be, you're being accused of. Mm. And by by, you know, if you can disprove one count, then uh, by not not in a, a legal sense or a logical sense, but in a public relations sense, it throws everything else into doubt. Gotcha. Um, and and gotcha. so that, I, that that is definitely in play here. Um, I and, see. And I, I I should not be as shocked as I am to see it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I another comparison to 9-11, I think that the, the psychological effect inside Israel will be similar. I think you're seeing the society that had been divided for a long time um, is very unified on this. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, from what I hear, and this is all qualitative, like, you know, there there's a big culture of like helping out and chipping in and people are flying back to Israel to join the military. So it's not like, oh, no, you know, I'm being called a drafted. How do I get out of it? It's uh, it's the kind of thing where like I'm pretty sure there was a draft in World War Two here. Right. But I, I also yep. think it was like, you know, people were it, it, they probably didn't need one um, in that sense. Um so, uh, yeah, well, I don't think the psychological effect will be as pronounced here in the United States just because we, we've been so far from it. That that's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, I, but- I'd say one interesting difference. Um, so so there's there's the, the population, the, the populace is unifying uh, in uh, you know together to, to support each other. By the uh, way, both- I, before you get into yep. hold that thought, um, the fourth turning book that I'm reading now says this kind of thing happens in the fourth turning where the society is so divided and then sees a threat and, and turns on a, on a dime. We haven't seen that yet in the U S but what that, what uh, Neil Howe's book is talking about um, uh, applies to Israel uh, seems to apply almost perfectly right now. Yeah. So as you can say that, that they're, they're, they're pulling together uh, both, both uh, on the civil and the, uh, and the political side. Um, and and part of that is the formation of a coalition government. Um, so uh, you know Netanyahu's uh, uh, war cabinet, which which involves you know not not just the uh, you know his party was at uh, Likud, but also right. Uh, so, so what what would have essentially been the the opposition party? Um, uh, so yeah, the, the the head of the opposition party is is named uh, uh, Benny Gantz. Uh, is one of them. He was the the blue and white party, um, and, and he just would he not. Was, he refused. He was a, former general in, in the yeah. IDF, wasn't he? Yeah. So he or, refused to defense or something. Yeah. He refused to join the, the Netanyahu uh, government for, for many years. Uh, another one is Yair Lapid. I don't think he's in the, the war cabinet yet, uh, but he's a TV host. Probably better to get the uh, general than the TV <laughs> host. <laughs> but uh, that's the, nothing against Yair Lapid. But, um, you know, I'm not going to get involved in, uh, I guess I'm already talking about the nitty gritty of Israeli politics, but uh um, but so so the interesting uh, so it would be like between it would be oh, go, like go there were a, there was a war in the U.S. and the president shuffled the cabinet to take equally from both parties or something right. like that. So so the big difference, I think, uh, one of the big differences between uh, the U.S. reaction to 9-11 and what we're seeing in in Israel now uh, is that uh, post 9-11, uh, the the president uh, George W. Bush saw a huge boost in his popularity and his approval ratings. Uh, while the the people of Israel appear to be unified behind their government, they are not unified behind uh, Netanyahu. And in fact, I think I saw something like eighty something percent of uh, of of people in Israel blame him for what happened. Um, mm. So so that that's an interesting dynamic, and I I don't think we're going to see the fallout from that. Uh, in the short term, I guess it depends how long this war goes on. Uh, but whenever the next election gets called, uh, I, I would not be shocked to see him thrown out uh, as as you know repercussion for that. Um, and maybe maybe his party won't pay the price, but he will. Uh, but but again, I'm I'm getting way out over my skis in yeah. in speculating on Israeli politics. I just it, thought that was a, an interesting divergence there. It is very interesting, and it'll be interesting to like like that could change depending on how 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 the next few weeks and and, and months go right um, he, he could still come out of this you know uh, a, a hero for how he how he conducts himself in the government or 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 he, he could be uh you know putting the nail in his his political career's coffin 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, when this first happened, I didn't think I would be impacted personally, but then, you know, I saw all of the, uh, you know, as I scrolled Facebook, which I haven't done in a long time, I didn't realize how many people I knew, uh, you know, have friends and, and family over there and how many people uh, have, you know, uh, know people who were uh, either killed or, or wounded or, or taken prisoner over there. So this, that was kind of crazy. And as it just so happens, I don't think I had interviewed guests you know, I, I've had Israeli guests on the show, but I don't think I've interviewed a guest who were in Israel until recently. And recently I had two. Uh, one, um, I already did the interview. So that is, um, that's going to go out soon, in the next few weeks. And another one, you know, I, you know, he had to postpone the interview. Hopefully we'll get to do it at some point, but I'm kind of in this situation where you know, I'm not going to say who it is, but it wasn't the guest himself. It was like his representative at the company telling me. So I'm like, oh, you know, what's happening over here? He could be called up to military service for all I know, you know, I I, I, I don't know. So that was, um, you know, that was pretty crazy where it was like, oh, this is this is actually closer to home than um, I, I should have known that this would be closer to home than I expected. But, you know, uh, it, it 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 ended up being um uh, I know that doesn't matter. Oh, I have to postpone my uh, my podcast interview. But it the, the that the, it's not a complaint. It's just like a, a an observation. Yeah, for sure. It, it it makes it much more real when when even if it's if it's the the personal impact to you is not a huge deal, but but that you are, are just that one degree separated from what's actually going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And. Um, you know, I, to me, I you know, I had visited Ukraine, uh, I think, of a couple years, no, three years before the invasion. So I already had that kind of like um, that that kind of group that I had been in, in touch with there. And so I felt with that. Israel, obviously, you know, um, uh, I'd been there in 2000, uh, you know, as as a Jew, uh, you know, I just know so many people in Israel or connected with Israel. I'm not someone who has like tons of friends in Israel or tons of connections in Israel. I, you know, I probably know a few people, but, you know, that's uh, that's about it. Uh, but, you know, that that second, third, first, second degree separation is was a, a lot larger than I I, I realized. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's 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 kind of impressive, given that what. uh Israel only has a population of, of nine, 10 million. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's that, that makes for a lot of connections. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So uh, what happens next? Um, I have, that's my next thing. Uh, we are going to go through the entire history here. All right. Ready to stay <laughs> up for a hundred hours at a time. No, I'm, let's do the best we can. Okay. Cause I, I know quite a bit of history here. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of that history research was motivated by the type of reaction that we're currently seeing uh, in terms of like these, you know, the this sort of uh, uh, pro-Hamas rhetoric uh, that I've heard over the years. Um, and so I've had to do a lot of research on this topic. And yeah, there sometimes um, some of the things that Israeli supporters put out are not quite fair or correct, but oftentimes the anti-Israel talking points are unfair incorrect and sometimes it's just like name calling like you know settler colonialist apartheid which doesn't have any 
real meaning. It's just a way of like using words to uh, uh, to um, uh, to sort of uh, get people sort of I, I, how, how should I put this? Using words that you're not defining well to uh, get what you want. Uh, I don't know right. if that's if, the best if, way. If but... you, it's much like the uh, calling someone a racist or a Nazi has yeah. been uh, almost entirely devalued in in modern American uh, uh, dialogue. Uh, that that we've we've seen something like that with a lot of these buzzwords in the context of of Israel and Palestine. Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, the big question now to what happens next, and then we'll, we'll get into a little bit of the history. Is is a ground invasion of Gaza, which seems like it's inevitable, like it's going to happen. Is it unavoidable? Is it possible not to do it? Because a ground invasion of Gaza uh, is going to be very costly. I think the IDF knows that. Um, I, I uh, But oftentimes these things end up being far worse than you even think. Almost like when you remodel your house, it ends up costing four to five times as much. I sorry, guys, I hate doing that. Uh, but uh, um, you need a little uh, gallows humor, uh, you know, uh, this time. Um, but uh, um, uh, I, I I don't see a way of avoiding it, and I've, you know that. Yeah, and and, and uh, Gaza is particularly uh, ill suited to a ground invasion, being that it is. Uh, I I think I heard somewhere that it's one of the most densely populated you know parts if if not of the world at least of that region. Um, yeah, uh, and, of the and region. It's, it's, so so it's you not know, like it's, it's, it has nothing on New York City, but yeah, but it's yeah. but it's it's highly urbanized. You know, in terms of like you know high rise buildings and uh, you know we're, we're we're not talking you know uh, residential houses with with front and back lawns and uh, you know white picket fences uh yeah and, and so although uh, i looked on the map there are a few of those uh, and i i was honestly surprised uh but like when they showed videos of the evacuation like how many kind of nice cars there were uh and and i'm not reading too much into that but you know those could be hamas cars but um i yeah i i i had a different image in my head from what words we were getting to describe yeah. well and, and it uh, sounds like they've been bombing aggressively for for the last couple of days but yeah. but even if they like quote unquote level sections of it before they send in ground troops uh that that doesn't mean that there's there's not going to be yeah. booby traps and ambushes everywhere it that 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 kind of urban fighting uh is going to have very high casualty yeah. rates and, and I don't sometimes know the rubble is how... going to make it harder and yeah again i'm not in the military you're not in the military this should be like this is probably uh, it's not like we're telling the IDF stuff they don't already know. Right. Well, and, and the other highly speculative piece that, that I'm sure the IDF and, and the war cabinet is is trying to, to triangulate on is uh, what rate of casualties, what what rate and what number, you know, net uh, is the Israeli public willing to tolerate? Because uh, because there will uh, they, there could very well come a point where even if they're uh, making positive progress, if they're losing, you know, hundreds of of uh lives a day that the people say it's not worth it uh back yeah. out and 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 that might even end worse because the the alternative to uh sending in a ground forces might be to to step up the uh the bombing in a way that's 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 even worse for the folks inside i, I the 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 other challenge is they've they've uh you know dropped leaflets and and instructed folks in a in a particular zone i think it's the northern half of of the strip to uh to yeah. evacuate um I've heard uh, 
allegations, rumors that uh, Hamas is not allowing them to evacuate. Um, I've heard yeah. that. Uh, so, so the uh, I, I believe that that uh, that the the Gaza Strip shares a border with Egypt. Um, right, and, and but so if you're uh, but, but Egypt has Egypt has said that they are not opening the border with you know a humanity humanitarian corridor to allow mass evacuation. Uh, so they even if if the people in Gaza are willing and able, uh, they've essentially said, okay, squeeze your population into the southern half uh, so that we can commence ground operations in the northern half. And that is not a uh, an easy lift. No, and, th- and and they're certainly not doing it uh, without you know complications from their their internal uh, elements. Yeah, the southern half is less populated than the northern half, um, and and I've heard this. Like, you know, there's a lot of questions of like, well, how difficult is it to uh, evacuate a city? And so there's been some, you know, um, uh, comparisons to evacuating a city uh, during a hurricane, which, yep. you know, we do from time to time. But um, that's sort of hard when you have like, you know, bombs flying. And uh, I think Hamas put something out saying like, oh, Israel is bombing the roads uh, that people are using to to leave but then it that turned out to seemingly be fake news. Uh, so, but of course, it was going around on Twitter a, a bunch. Uh, but you know, who knows? There's going to be a lot of news coming out of that. Uh, yeah, that I mean, the the, and, the black pill take, which which I don't know how realistic this is or not, um, but I'm afraid it is highly accurate. Is that it's in Hamas's interest to prevent people from evacuating to maximize uh, Palestinian yeah. casualties in the bombing and the the ground war because that will. Uh, you know that that will activate uh, increased sympathy uh, and support internationally for for their situation. That's and, the game theory of this war, and it's it's, it's and, and they've certainly given the impression that they are willing to that cer- certainly Hamas leadership, uh, particularly the ones who are over in was it Doha, yeah. um, that that they are willing to uh, to to spend as many Palestinian lives as it takes to advance their their campaign because uh, it's not their lives, um, and and that's that's highly cynical. Uh, and and uh, uh, a little accusatory, but but I have yet to be convinced that it's not the truth. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't see any evidence otherwise. Um, I I think and yeah. So I, I often to try to understand this evacuation, I often try to take the Gaza Strip and try to overlay it on top of the towns where I live. So I, you know, I could probably use Connecticut uh, as an example for, for you and me, but uh, maybe for those who live somewhere else, try to think of what, what 25 miles means, Uh, you know, in Southern Connecticut, 25 miles means essentially Stamford where I live up uh, North, North ish, you know, mostly, mostly East, let's say Stamford to, uh, to Bridgeport is about 25 miles. So they're evacuating uh, Bridgeport and and Fairfield and telling everybody you have to move west. Uh, so it's like two towns worth of, uh, of people. Um, you can drive it easily. Uh, there'll be plenty of traffic. Uh, walking it, you can walk one town in Connecticut, not a problem. If you're really on the edge of Bridgeport over there, that's gonna be quite a trek. Um, so, uh, so, and, and there is that one town in, uh, in the Gaza Strip that's all the way on the end. I forgot what it's called, uh, where there's actually a particularly, uh, there's actually quite a bit of, of bombing going on right now. Cause I think there's a lot of, uh, Hamas fighters there. I'm going to open up my Google maps now to try to identify that. Um, and so if you, 
if you live there, that would be, and you have to like go by foot, that would be, uh, you know, that would be a 25 mile trek. Uh, but hopefully you get, hopefully you get, oh, uh, Beit Hanun uh, is the name of it. It's basically right in the corner there. Um, you could, you know, uh, Beit, hopefully once you get through Gaza, even if you're not at the river yet, uh, hopefully, you know, you're at least in, 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 in a safer spot, but I, I don't know exactly how that, how that works. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> if you look at the map here, you know, that, that whole Northern part of Gaza is all city. Um, yeah, then, that's, that, that appears to be the densest part. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And, you know, I, I, I am kind of waiting to be convinced, you know, a lot of, uh, libertarians out there, you know, I have a lot of contact with, uh, often think, oh, you know, ground invasion is never, uh, you know, is, is, is never the answer is never, uh, you know, or something like that. And, but I just don't see like, you know, when pushed, they're like, well, you know, Israel just has to kind of write off the, uh, write off the hostages and just say, well, you know, sucks for them. And then sort of retreat and then hope for the best. Uh, I, I, that, first of all, no country would do that. Um, secondly, I don't even <laughs> like they'll, they'll argue, well, no country's ever done it, but once they do it, it ends up being a really great strategy. Just, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I find so that hard to believe. I, I know not all libertarians, uh, are, are slaves to the non-aggression principle, but, uh, the, the the question that is begged here uh, is okay. So if you don't initiate aggression, uh, what happens when you are aggressed against? What is the appropriate action? Um, yeah, and 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 maybe they would say, well, you need to go to a, a an impartial yeah. mediator, a, a you know a a, a, a third party uh, enforcement organization, and uh, let's just say that the uh, the UN in its attempt to fulfill that role has been uh, highly ineffective. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they would also that, say, in fact, well, the UN is one of the major sources of of funding and 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 you know organization and regulation of Palestine. Uh, right. They, they they are they are a party to the problem here. Right. Well, they they'd also go back in history and and, and frame Israel as, as the aggressor as well. Sure. Yeah. So, you so you can all... you can reframe uh, any way you want. But I mean, it, when it comes to geopolitical actors, there's always this. Uh, uh, you know, there's no geopolitical actor that uh, um, hasn't been in the game except for like very isolated countries. Um, so uh, anyway, I don't want to get into a whole long thing about that. Th th those could be debates and debates and debates and debates. A little bit of Gaza history, like a, a lot of us think of Gaza as this like, you know, uh, this this these poor guys in this city that's just um, constantly under control of the of Hamas and just being pounded by bombs. Uh, Gaza was an important trading and, and cultural port for many years. And if you look at the map, it makes a lot of sense. Like if I didn't see the country boundaries and I was just looking for, for real estate, like it's the last metropolitan area um, as you go south in the Mediterranean before you get to the Sinai Peninsula, which is a desert. So from a real estate perspective, you know, Donald Trump would probably say this, these guys, they got really <laughs> great real estate. It should be, it should be prosperous and it should, and, and it should be kind of more metropolitan and not a single party dictatorship. So I, I looked into this. Um, it turns out there, there's been a, uh, you know, Jews have lived there. There's been a Jewish presence there from the first century BC up until 1929. It wasn't that Jews were the majority there, but it was like, Hey, this was a city where like most trading cities, people of a lot of different 
you know, religions and backgrounds would come and uh, and and and, yeah, like, and work like together. much of the Holy Land. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, basically Jews were there till from the first century B.C. I don't have an exact year up until 1929. There was this riot in 1929 uh, where they were forced to leave, which I mean, that that's a whole other rabbit hole. But that, you know. Imagine having a riot so bad you're forced to leave the city. That's that's that, that we're not talking. Um, uh, we're not talking like the uh, American riots. Um, and then, yeah, well, the 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 closest analog I can think of is, uh, oh gosh, what was the uh, the Wall the, Street the riot? Uh, no, no, the, the, the Tulsa. The, yeah, thank you, Tulsa. Yeah, I was gonna say the yeah, uh, the, the destruction of the Black Wall Street. Uh, yeah, 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 which which I imagine would would be somewhat comparable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then, you know, Israel's established in 1948. There was that war in 1967 where they took over the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt um, after winning. Uh, and then next year established settlements um, both in the Sinai and in, in the Gaza Strip again. But when you look at it that way, it's like, okay, uh, it, you know, from you know, a lot of times these are, and I'm not saying that these, um, these settlements are all a good idea. And I understand that there's like a problem where you put a little enclave in, in territory that is supposed to be, that is at least possibly supposed to be, become a foreign country someday or supposed to become autonomous someday that that obviously is going to cause problems. But the idea of this being like total outsiders, you know, uh, 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 coming in who are just foreign colonials when it, like within living memory of 1968, you had these, you had, you had that presence there. It kind of paints that a little differently. So anyway, just, just some food for thought. I I, I don't know what, you know, what, what difference that makes, but um, anyway, the, so in 2009, those settlements were scrapped. And so, so this is what happened in the early 2000s. So I was there in 2000. And when I was there in the summer 2000, it felt the situation felt a lot like it did a few weeks ago, where it was like, they're really close to peace. And they're just about to seal the deal. Because when I was there, you know, uh, Bill Clinton was working with uh, Ehud Barak and, uh, and um, Yasser Arafat, they were, they were finally hammering out an agreement. They were they were at Camp David while, while I was there. Uh, and it seemed so, like it was just, going well, we now know it was something. not going well. At all. Just yeah. to clarify something you said before, I, I think you 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 said uh, the settlements were scrapped in two thousand nine, but I think your notes said two thousand five. Oh, okay. did I say nine? No, no, five, five. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. right. So um right. So and, and again, I don't want to go into like all the causes and whatever, but second intifada breaks out in two thousand, towards the tail end of two thousand, and you just have these bombings in Israel, you know, very yeah, and then tit for tat, obviously. Uh, uh, and it just keeps going on and on, and there doesn't seem to be a solution. And the best solution they could come up with, which you know was a very imperfect solution, was we're going to build a giant wall in the West Bank, and uh, which was which um, I'm hoping people are a little bit up to speed on on where all these places are. I I, I assume that some people are not, but we we don't have time to do the whole thing. And then for the Gaza Strip, we're just going to take out all our settlements, um, you know, resettle them somewhere else, and we're just going to let them have it, even though there's no peace agreement and we're still technically at war. And so there's been a, it's been a little much more quiet there uh, since, except for, you know, those 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 rockets and stuff. So that was not 
so 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 that's so then 2005 it's kind of left to its own Hamas takes over what in 2007 uh, after they kind of win an election in 2006, but then there hasn't been an election held again. Very, very hard to understand situation. But um, the, the situation with the, the Palestinian government was that there's a president who was elected in 2005. That's Mahmoud Abbas. He's now, it was a four-year term. There hasn't been an election since. He's 87 years old. I think that's another thing that's going on now where people realize he's old and there's no obvious successor. Uh, and he's been there for 20 years. That's well, yeah, historically, we, that's always an iffy uh, prospect when you have that. And then Gaza we complain wins. enough in the U.S. Yeah. about, oh, the 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 likely candidates for the our next presidential election are so old. But uh, that's a very different dynamic than having someone who's uh, been in the position for, what, nearly 20 years uh, yeah. when they pass that that's going to be a huge power vacuum. Right. Right. Um, and. uh and so, right, so 2006, Hamas wins those elections uh, in uh, for, for the parliament, but they don't, but that's not a presidential election. So you have divided government. So they have a mini civil war. Uh, Hamas gets uh, gets control now, of the now, Gaza Strip. Do they Strip. have control over, d- does, so, so is, I, I guess it's so the I'm, I'm not Palestinian expert, authority I'm, is, yeah. is ostensibly the, the government uh, which Hamas controls. Now, do they have uh, jurisdiction. Uh, no. So, no. Uh, I, well, I, I mean, I think uh, the Abbas government is still in control of the Palestinian Authority in in the West Bank. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess that was my question: is wh- where is? Uh, so we're we're talking about Hamas and Gaza, uh, right? But is is it this? Is is Hamas and Gaza also controlling other pa- Palestinians huh? just focused in in Gaza? Uh, so we only hear about them in Gaza right now, so I don't know, but okay. it seems like, it seems like they're mostly in Gaza. Uh, cause, cause there's also, uh, was it, uh, is it Hezbollah? Um, oh yeah. So those, the, they are in Lebanon. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're a different, they're a different kind of, uh, force. Uh, they are, I believe a Shiite force, uh, that has actually more, uh, con- like that's more, more direct ties to Iran, more direct ties to Iran. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and uh, I don't know if we explicitly mentioned that in this episode, but that's that's one of the things that there's been a lot of speculation, maybe maybe stronger than speculation about is is that uh, the Hamas's actions uh, were uh, supported, possibly, uh, you know, with with funding and training and logistics by Iran um, in theory, because uh, this this is an opportunity for Iran to destabilize the Israeli uh, Saudi Arabian uh, normalizations of of uh, of diplomatic ties, uh, which uh, they they don't want to see uh, either Israel or Saudi Arabia in a stronger position in the Middle East, because uh, that that uh, would would threaten their uh, position as a regional power. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds like a very um that sounds like a very logical explanation. Um, I, you know, on one hand it works on the, on the one hand it worked on the other hand, it, it kind of shows that, that, um, that strategy, you know, that's being pursued by Israel is being pursued by Netanyahu, which was the, the Saudi deal, uh, was, was working. It was getting close. So they had to, they had to do this. Um, okay. So the next question I have is, okay, so we have this ground invasion, this ground invasion, let's say it's successful, but what happens next? Who's going to control this if not Hamas? Uh, yeah, I mean, somebody I, I needs to administer a big chunk this of that area. depends on what does successful mean here? 
Um, right. I mean, and, and and that's a problem that that we you, as Americans should be very familiar with is if you don't define your criteria for success well before you begin a military operation, you end up spending 20 years in Afghanistan and then leaving and having uh, see your impact wiped out in in weeks or months. Yeah, no, there has to actually be someone, some organization in control of the situation there. And I hate to be calling for kind of like a sort of a authoritarian system it doesn't have to be that authoritarian but it there has to be someone in charge uh who can you know make keep, keep the peace i almost feel like it, it's got to be like a, a british in um hong kong situation where they're just lightly administering you know very simple trade law and you know just let people uh you know just let people pursue their economic activity and and some of their social activity and and Try try to be hands off, but but the doing that in Hong Kong is one thing. Doing that in the Gaza Strip is is another. Well, thing. and I, and also when that was done in Hong Kong, uh, the world was a very different place. Yeah, uh, yeah. Times well, have changed. Here's another example that that I was thinking about the other day. Um, and again, I wish I had. I'm sure we'll get guests who or, or guests or listeners for for everyone out there who, who who please let us know if you know more about these situations than we do and, and shed some light on this. But I'm, I was thinking about the Rwandan genocide uh, in the mm-hmm. '90s, um, and you know if, if you want to see a movie on that, I, Hotel Rwanda is is very good. Um, but there is um, after after that genocide, uh, eventually. Uh, you know, eventually that that got kind of petered out, and then the Tutsis came in and and came back into power. Uh, and their president was, I think, uh, Paul Kagame is his name. He's still president in Rwanda. Uh, so he's been there thirty years. This is not um, <laughs> this is not like a democratic regime, but uh, the country's done very well. Um, and so well, and I don't know if they were the first, but I, I believe they were one of the pioneers in the whole, you know, kind of truth and reconciliation commission concept. Mm. Um, and it, it seems to have worked well there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm worried that we're dealing with uh, feuds that go back even longer uh, in in uh, in Israel. But uh, right. that that being said, I don't know that much in depth about the, the Rwandan uh, genocide and, and right. regional history. So yeah, exactly. So so it is possible uh, to get something under control, but the, the problem with the the uh, Gaza Strip is that nobody seems to want to do it. Um, you know, it the Egyptians and their peace deal got back the Sinai Peninsula. There's a reason why they didn't uh, take back the Gaza Strip. Yeah, well, and, uh, and I, from, from what I can tell, they either didn't want it or didn't want it that badly. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was Israel saying like, no way you could have this. I, I don't think it was, but I, I you know, I, I, I've, I've tried to look into that point in history, which is very interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and, and there's, there's a perception uh, certainly that uh, the rest of the Arab world cares deeply about the existence of a Palestinian state, but not so much about the people who actually live in Palestine. Uh, mm. And so that, that makes for a very toxic dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, well, uh, look, I mean, d- despite what people are saying, Gaza is still going to Gaza City is still going to be there, I think, in a month. I don't think I don't think it's the kind of thing where, you know, it's just it, it's just going to be wiped off the map. That's not. Yeah, what's I mean, there's certainly been some rhetoric to that point, yeah. but but I don't think either side is is. Well, I don't think the is the IDF is realistically considering uh, 
you know, glassing Gaza and no. uh, and making it uninhabitable. Yeah, fortunately, um, that would be. You yeah, know. I mean, there there was very early on, uh, I think, some some concern of you know what what do we have to do to make sure that the Israelis don't uh, literally go to the the nuclear alternative here. Um, I I don't think that was necessarily a high risk at the moment, uh, but. Uh, when this was initially unfolding, nobody knew how far it was going to go and how bad it was going to get. I think that I, I think m- most of that talk is from like Yahoo's in the U.S. Like you know, I'm thinking back to like well, you know, re-listening to Howard Stern after 9/11, where he did call for the entire Middle East to be turned into glass. Uh, yeah. So that is. Uh, by the way, do, do bombs actually turn this stuff into glass, or is it just rubble that you can't really? Uh, uh, so walk- so. Uh, I I believe now as uh, now as an engineer as a mechanical <laughs> physical chemistry engineer I don't know what you do you you might have some insight into this but so, not so I believe uh, in certain parts of the American Southwest uh, around uh, Nevada and and uh, the the test ranges there where in the 1940s and 50s we were setting off a bunch of our own test uh, uh, weapons uh, that there are portions of the desert which have uh, I think it's called trinitite. Uh, but it's basically the sand has been turned into radioactive glass. And it's not like, you know, it's just a, a, uh, like an ice rink type scenario. Uh, but, but there are like chunks of it. Um, and, and I, I think, uh, I don't know if you still can, but at one point you could certainly go on like tours to, uh, to these, these test sites and, and, and look at it. And, and they had to tell people to, you know, don't, don't take home the radioactive glass. Yeah. Uh, it is not safe to do so. Yeah. All right. Well, well, fortunately, this is not going to happen in Gaza, but unfortunately, there's going to be some very uh, deadly fighting there. And I, I almost feel like, uh, you know, this situation has been allowed to fester for so many years without any real solution that, um, you know, unfortunately, this this solution of force is the it is the, uh, you know, it is kind of the you know, is kind of inevitable, which which sucks, but I, I don't know any other way of thinking about it. All right. So that is part one of this discussion. I hope that was helpful for some of you out there. And uh, I hope everyone is all right. Take care of yourselves. Next week, we're going to dive right into part two of this discussion where we're going to talk about um, the reaction to these developments in the United States and in the rest of the world, stuff like a little bit more like, you know, American politics centrics, our universities, uh, things like that. My, my Zoom call with Yale, all that, all that good stuff. So stay tuned for next week on The Local Maximum. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.